Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am AJ here with Frank. How you doing, man? What's going on, dude? It's been a while. I know. Uh, <laughs> you you said it so perfectly before. What was it? We we did our mid-season finale. We're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> New like, exciting cliffhanger, you know, coming Luke, back, yeah. leaving everyone on their toes. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I know everyone is really concerned about me and Frank. Me and Frank are fine. Uh, Frank has settled into New York City. Yes. Uh, he's good. Um, I'm good. I'm around. I'm going to start traveling again for work. So we're going to get back into the rhythm, into the grind and, uh, you know, deliver more on-time episodes yeah i mean it's just been kind of crazy like as everybody knows i i moved to new york back in november but uh didn't actually move to the city until basically last weekend so um we've been busy with the whole packing up and moving and getting all those logistics set and actually doing the move and buying new furniture and building new furniture and it's just been like a whole process and so like today is kind of like the first day where i have a moment to sit down <laughs> and not do something else that requires my time and what else would i want to do than talk with aj about all the <laughs> most interesting things that have been coming out over the past couple of months like the last thing we covered obviously was the last jedi and the fallout from that has been horrendous um, yeah and so we're, we're, st we're still talking about doing that round table but we'll see yeah um, we'll see we'll see there'll be plenty more um as we get further into the the two-year cycle of waiting for the next star wars movie but um yeah a, a lot's happened in the past couple months but uh <laughs> i mean first of all we're already at spring training so like that's crazy that is that's totally nuts if we are we are going we are season ticket holders my friend we are it's official <laughs> that's fucking awesome we're uh we're, super yeah. excited about that me too and uh it's gonna be a blast so if, if you're out there and you're a yankees fan you can look for us in the crowd we can talk <laughs> all nerdy stuff we'll we'll say hello to you yeah um yeah so that's awesome anyway uh that's gonna be great Yo, all, all the trailers, we're going to talk about that in a second, but we're going to have to get serious, yo, because uh, I think last week, two weeks ago, news comes out that Boyd Tinsley, the violin player for the Dave Matthews Band, considered to be a founding member, came in 91, 92, you know, has been there ever since. He's alive, uh, everyone. He's okay. <laughs> Just... He's alive, but he has decided to leave the band. He... You know, issued a full statement saying he wants to spend more time with his family and deal with his health. Uh, I don't think he quit the band, but I think he's definitely taken time away. Yeah. And it doesn't look like he is on tour. Frank, fill us in with more details. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, it does sound like it's temporary, but it's kind of an indefinite hiatus for him. Um, you know, I, I don't, I fully expect like this announcement came in time, you know, right around the same time tickets are starting to go on sale for the summer. So like, he's definitely not on this summer tour. Um, but I mean, there's also rumors about an album. So like, oh, actually it's not even rumors. Like they are putting out an album this year. So to me, it's like, that's sort of really interesting like does that mean he's not on the album or has he already done everything like have they been recording this whole time and like he finished his tracks and he's like all right guys i'm out see you in like a year um because that would be a huge drastic shift for their sound um and like i mean on the tour like for other members to have left like when when Leroy died like obviously there was another saxophonist chef coffin that came in and has been playing with the band ever since um there was other members like uh, Tim Reynolds played with them for a while. Butch Taylor played with them. Like, so they're interchangeable people that give different sounds. But like, is there going to be a replacement violinist on tour with them? That's just like, that's something that would be hard to imagine. Like, there are not that many <laughs> uh, rock violinists out there. Um, so what? But like, are we going to have like a hologram of Boyd behind Dave? <laughs> you know, like, is that going to be a thing? 
But also, okay, all right, okay. I know we really even haven't talked about this. Okay, so I got to meet Boyd. Me, Evan Morse, Mikey, and Ryan got to meet Boyd at SPAC in Saratoga, you know, at, like, lunchtime. He was there, and, like, these people came in and were like, hey, you should go back out and meet Boyd. And we went online, we said hello to him, and he was awesome. We took a picture together. And, you know, I, I, he's one of my favorite parts of the Dave Matthews band. And listen, like, there's other reasons we could get into, you know, why uh, I love Boyd so much. But uh, let's just say for now, he's very, it's very important. And I think that ultimately, you know, his loss is going to be felt. And I think that I could see them replacing him relatively quickly. I don't think Boyd's parts, you know, while they are you know, unique in their way, I don't think they're unlearnable for somebody who's, you know, a trained performing rock musician who plays violin. I think there are probably more of them than we think. Okay. And yeah. I'm and I could see that, you know, they either either the new album is a very new sound for Dave that we haven't heard before, thus not really needing the violin. Or uh, Boyd recorded his parts with the understanding in mind that he could record his place in the album, but that someone would play his lines and that he could take a break for a little while. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, is understandable. I I like, they, these guys tour. I mean, this, this past season, obviously, they, they didn't do the big tour, but, you know, they've been touring for 20 plus years or, you know, like, straight <laughs> with little to no break in between and um it is interesting that, the, uh, it, that he's saying this after an off se- summer because it was david and tim last year right like so right. so i don't know I, it, it because of that it makes me a little bit worried that it's a little bit more of a long-term thing but it wasn't like he quit or like, like that wasn't the message that came out there wasn't a you know creative differences statement or anything like that he's just he needs time i mean like if they weren't putting it out an album this year, I would be less concerned because it's like it's just, you know, here's the, here's the thing. Or, yeah. Here's the thing. I think that there's something pretty telling about him saying he's has to deal with his health and his family. I think Boyd could be sick. Mm, interesting. And I think that if Boyd is sick, maybe he doesn't want it to come out. What he's sick with right now, and you know, he's going to go and deal with this on his own. We don't know what is going on. Or why he really wanted to, you know, step away under those circumstances. I mean, so, I mean, it could be him, or it could be a family member. You know, he may just want to be with his family. It's very, it's so, very true. Yeah. It's very true. So we don't know. I'm really sad. I'm bummed that he's not going to be on tour with them this year. Uh, I do not care if Dave replaces him. I think that Dave probably should. I think that there are plenty of people like get the fucking yellow card, yellow card guy back. He's someplace <laughs> hanging out. What the hell is he doing? You get your fucking violin, you get yourself on tour, you go and play the Dave Matthews band. I mean, I'm sure there are like, also like hundreds of Dave Matthews band cover bands that, you know, have, have violinists players. that are I, up to snuff. I am 100% in favor of that too. I, you know, I love Boyd. I'm going to miss him. Um, but I think the sound is required. And I think that the way that they, you know, replaced Roy with someone who was at the top of his game. You know, the best in arguably what, you know, their business is, uh, you know, if they do that similarly with a violin player, I wouldn't hate it and I wouldn't be upset about it and they could just do that. And I don't think anybody should be afraid if that happens. If it doesn't happen, I think Dave is going to have a difficult time explaining the new sound to the fans because I think without Boyd, a lot of the other songs that are more sex heavy are slower. Yeah. So I think Dave could get a little bit slower, a little bit darker. On that sense, you could also get a little bit more rockier, which I which I understand the classic Max Daniels complaint. Max Daniels, if you listen to this podcast, you should <laughs> say something. But your complaint always of the Dave Matthews Band is that they sound too much like a rock band. They were moving away from their jammy influences. Right. Well, what we know of them is either Dave and Tim likes to play kind of quiet or Dave is enjoying to play more rock and roll kind of style. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the other thing that like this is a main core member that's always been with the band whereas like 
Tim Reynolds was always like a supplement. Butch Taylor was a supplement. Like they were, it meant that they could do interesting takes on songs that had a format already. You know, adding a piano or adding a, an electric guitar on something that you wouldn't expect. Um, so I, I agree. I think the violin is pretty essential. Um, whether well, wasn't didn't they say something? I feel like Butch was maybe coming back sometime soon. I, I remember hearing something, and like I'm totally forgetting what the just, details. I think we were. just made it up because Butch played with them at the. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Charlottesville concert. That's right. Okay, so that's not that's not a permanent thing. But like, if it's not a violinist, like they could pick up a different keyboard player that could maybe supplant those parts. Um, but I think that's just too different, you know. Like that's so. It's gonna be so. It's like like I said. It's either gonna be super slow or it's gonna be very yeah. rocky. And like, you know, I don't think the fans are gonna are gonna want to get back into that slow, uh, you know, jammy Dave Matthews band. I think it's that's that time has come and gone. They could have done that in two th- in the two thousands. Yeah. You know, they 2018, <laughs> you know, they well no, they could have well, really like they could have done that, you know, in like 2000 in five. Like, I guess they yeah. kind of did with stand up, you know, yeah. that it's kind of on a more electronic record. You know, it's pretty clean sounding. The Boyd parts are relatively small. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to tour like that and jam it out this really like slow way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I, I, I do think. And like the last bit on this, like Boyd was a, a heavy influence on the last two albums. Like he was very much present on those. So like it, it is going to be interesting. Um, I'm kind of sad that right now I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see them this summer um, unless I like go travel. <laughs> like to yeah, not wanna... I'm down. We're yeah. going to figure it out. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, there's active. You know how like there's like a seed in like a 1950s like spy movie. There's currently a whole room filled with like men in white dress shirts and suspenders and glasses with you know uh, account advisors trying to figure out how we can all go to spec. <laughs> I'm telling you, all right, all this right. is this is happening. So uh, so don't worry about that. We'll worry about Dave when we get there. Boyd, we'll miss you if you're listening. We are big fans. We're going to miss your absence. You know, I'm sorry that we said we want you replaced, but it's not that we think, you know, you're not replaceable, The but the music that you provide is essential, and yeah. that's my argument. 100%. Okay, 100 per, there's a bajillion trailers that came out because the Super Bowl was like a week ago or yeah. two weeks ago or whatever, and they're, you know, people like to market their uh, movies during this time. Dude, I did uh, not watch the Super Bowl. It was so weird. Um, I'm, what'd you do? I mean, I'm not huge into football as you know, but I'm like, at least in recent memory, at least the past 10 years, probably more, I've watched the Super Bowl. And like some years in, in the middle, I would watch football leading up to, cause like there were a couple of years where the giants were good or whatever, but like that was our moving day. Like that was the day the, the truck came at 7am and picked up our stuff. And we were out here in, in Brooklyn by like 10 and just we didn't have internet we didn't have cable so there was just no way and like at a, at a certain point it was like should we like go to a bar or something and watch it i was like you know what like there's so much to do around here and i really don't care and like all the trailers and ads are online so so we skipped it it was kind of crazy but um yeah i mean there a lot of things came out like i i, I think th- there was one trailer maybe in particular that this is probably pre-super bowl i think maybe it was a, by a few days but um, that we're probably interested in, but Ant Man and the Wasp. Did you catch that one? Yes, I watched that. I, wa- oh, I okay. I watched part of the Super Bowl because I was traveling and I had to set up my trade show booth in Florida uh, for a conference. Um, so there was a party where they were showing the Super Bowl, but I didn't really get a seat because they were all taken. So dude, I, I saw kind of like that. Standing- that was a huge screen. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. It was like so. It was like a huge party. There was definitely like three thousand people in that room eating and watching the Super Bowl, and the food was good. And the food was fine. And like, you know, I got you know I had some wings and some other things, and you know, took a big plate to my room and had a whole bunch of desserts and felt like shit and watched the <laughs> Super Bowl. 
And it was really, you know, I hate Tom Brady, so I'm I'm glad that he lost, but I'm also pissed that the Eagles won because yeah. fuck the Eagles. So it's a lose lose. Can't really. It's a lose lose. <laughs> so you know, I'm not I'm not happy about anything. So now, like, here we go. We'll deal with it as we get there. Um, okay, trailers. Um, Ant Man the Wasp. All right. Thoughts. Ant Man the Wasp. Thoughts. I uh, loved it. You loved um, it. <laughs> I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. I think she looks awesome. I think their costumes look really fun. Uh, I'm excited to see them playing around in this universe. Their smaller, you know, story in the first movie I think translated well to a smaller movie within the Marvel universe. No pun intended. I think that... <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, but I think that uh, you know, if they continue along that line and you know, the hero crossovers aren't too bad. You know, hopefully we end up with a Captain America Winter Soldier instead of a Thor the Dark World. Right. What do you think? Um, I really enjoyed it, too. Um, I think I'm not at all tired of the gimmick of the, like, showing, like, something that's really small become huge or, you know, vice versa, like a, a building and putting in this pocket. It, it's such a such a great thing that you know i i was it's dying fantastic. to see when the first ant-man came out and like, like it continues to amaze me how how it's done on screen you know uh in, in civil war like it's great there's clear fallout from the civil war uh movie for him um and like i don't think we even talked about the casting but i was really hoping like after seeing the first one with janet van dyne it's like wow they do really need someone like on the caliber of michael douglas that you know we know from you know, his era of being, in, you know, a, a hot, you know, young actor. And, like, Michelle Pfeiffer is, like, 100% perfect. Like, that's that's great. And, like, we don't know how much she's going to be in the movie, but, like, that's perfect casting, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, just to see see all of that, uh, the trailer looks great. Um, obviously, it takes pl- place after Infinity War, so – or at least, like, the movie comes out after Infinity War. So it's kind of like, hmm, how, how are things going to be uh, – I think they're just telling us it takes place after Infinity War. I think it actually probably will take place a little bit before Infinity War. I don't know how another movie could really follow up Infinity War. We'll, we'll, we, but we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. All right. So moving along, um, there. Speaking of Infinity War, I guess there was a a TV spot um, that aired, very brief. Um, A lot of people have a lot to say about it. Um, but most of the footage is the same. <laughs> so, like, there are a couple, yeah, like, key moments, but... It's re- it's repeatable footage. Uh, the, the, the bleeding edge armor looks totally sweet. I'm yeah. excited to see that play out on the big screen. I think that'll be a big evolution for the technology of the character and, like, the way we see him. And that's Iron so Man I'm for a, everybody. You know, Iron Man, sorry. Um, um, but I'm excited to see how that, you know, plays out and plays into his character... Um, I'm excited to see how the, uh, Iron Spider costume really works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, listen, dude, I'm really excited to see this movie. This movie <laughs> is like, I, we've been waiting for, for yeah. at least five years. Uh, we've wait, just like to see all these characters come together is kind of incredible. Um, it's been, I, I remember when, uh, Age of Ultron, was coming out and I was like, man, how can they be any bigger than this? And like that movie to me is a little bit of a letdown. Cause like the first one, in my opinion, was just like that, that wow factor was so there, but this one, I just like, I can't be any more hyped for it. And like, it's three months out. <laughs> like, um, yeah. so like, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Um, there are people that think I think it, I'm done watching the trailers. I'm done watching the spots. I'm yeah. not going to watch anymore. I don't really I want think... to either, but, it's it's yeah i we'll we'll get there i think um obviously we have another entry in the mcu in you know three days <laughs> so like uh there's more to happen like there's like fallout from thor ragnarok that is affecting that movie and black panther probably as well so like there's still a lot of pieces that we don't know before we go into this movie um but people are really convinced that captain marvel's in this this trailer and i don't see it i think I think it's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks, but that is Scarlet Witch, and you are all lame losers. Honestly, it could be even like Spider Man. It's like L7 like seven weenies. No, it's a like, cape and it matches her colors. And I mean, that's like, it. yeah, it's like it's 
Sorry, it's, it's yeah. over. But anyway, uh, I, okay. I, I have. Did you see the the photo of her though, and for like the set photo, Cap- Captain Marvel in the green suit? Yeah, dude, mm. interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's just gonna be for part of the movie. They're yeah. not do, you know. I mean, but I otherwise, don't... like if you color correct it with the the right colors, it looks awesome. But yeah, okay, that's cool. But like, I. Uh... Listen, I think that this. It, listen, every Marvel character goes through a few suits in their uh, first movie. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, so we'll see how many suits that they're gonna have. You yeah. know, uh, last controversial you know. bit on the tr- on the spot, the shield for Captain America. I think it's fine. It's like he's clearly gonna get his shield back, but like. No, I don't actually. I disagree with you. Really? I think that yeah, I think that they're gonna go in a direction where Cap's shield, you know, is you know he doesn't. First of all, it's broken, so it's wherever it is, it's it's someplace broken. I don't know if it's totally fixed yet. Mm. Uh, that being said, you know, Nomad doesn't go back and get the you know thing till way later after Falcon dies. I think. Okay. So I think that. You know, if anything's going to happen, I think it's going to go to Sam Wilson and it will go to Falcon. Okay. Uh, it may also go to Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and that would be a little crazy, and I don't think so. Uh, but uh, I think, and what we can confirm from the set photos that are coming off of Avengers Part 4, is that uh, Cap looks to be in his Avengers 1 circa 2012 uh, garb with his shield. Yeah. So suffice it to say, the shield may be unbroken through the magic of time travel. Now we don't know that yet for sure, but you know, uh, we we will see. Mm. Um, I, th- I mean, I think the other thing with all of the Infinity War stuff is that there's clear reality changing, time travel bending because of the stones. So like anything is possible. Um, so any set photos, leaks, or anything like that, it it could really only be a brief clip it may not be i also think that uh dr strange is gonna save vision i think that dr strange like how dr strange saved uh bruce banner and let the hulk and bruce banner be two separate things that uh you know he's gonna be able to save vision after the infinity stone is uh taken from him Hmm. well we'll see it's exciting um what else we got uh did you watch or did you see the Jurassic World spot? Yes. Uh, listen, like, I love Jurassic Park. So, like, whatever they want to do, whatever. I'm fine with it. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they're doing the plot of Jurassic Park 2 over again. <laughs> like, you have to go save the dinosaurs. But I also really like Jurassic Park 2. It was one of the first PG-13 movies I saw in the theater. Yeah. And I remember like totally loving it and and enjoy, and enjoying the crap out of it. So uh, we'll yeah, see. I don't know. I, I think I think when we discussed the original trailer, I might have been a little bit lukewarm on it. Like I really love those movies as well. Um, but like that, the way it started, I was like, wait, is this Alien? Is this? It is no. something. It just felt Alien. Really... Alien is going to be done, dude. Alien no, no, no. no. A... But like, what I mean is like that. The, the way that it was like in a bedroom and like something was coming after her, it was just, it didn't feel like Jurassic Park um, because obviously it's not in the park for part of the movie. Um, I, the other thing that's been bothering me is the music. Like I, I know we don't need, I don't need the fanfare. I don't need the full blast, but like I don't like the way the music is cut for these trailers. It, it just sounds really irritating to me. And that's just my personal opinion. But, uh, like, if they want to go a new route, like, put a new tune to it or something. Um, but it, it just kind of, I don't know, it, it's off-putting. But I like... It, it is. I, I agree with you. It, it doesn't feel like Jurassic World um, or Park or Tra- yeah. Jurassic. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the action looks interesting, looks good. Um, it, they, there's way more. They crammed way more into this spot than I actually anticipated because... Uh, the trailer itself felt like it didn't have that much, and so this was like half the length, and they showed a lot, and that's a little bit worrying because we still have several months before the movie comes out. They clearly want people to buy tickets soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It, it 
it's I'm down. Chris Pratt's great. Um, I'm sure we'll have fun with it, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit reserved on it. I'm not maybe as excited as I thought I would be. So, um, okay. What else? Uh, I, I just watched mission impossible that spot trailer, whatever it was. I don't Ooh, know. It's the Henry Cavill mustache movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, you know, topic of conversation back when we were talking about justice league and, uh, now we get to see it in reality. That is not a CGI mustache. It's real. Um, I'm down, though, for him against Tom Cruise because he actually looks, like, menacing. And, I'm, you know, I think Henry Cavill plays a lot of the, like, good guy roles a lot of the time. Um, and so to see him in a villain role is kind of cool. Um, I do enjoy those movies a lot. But I'm also kind of like, do we really need any more? I'm kind of like, can this be the last one? Can we just hang it up? <laughs> um, I think that Tom Cruise thinks he's truly immortal and that he really will be able to make these movies forever. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. Unfo- at some point, you Harrison Ford on, on a set and yeah. you fucking really hurt yourself and you have to reevaluate your shit. Yeah. So well, didn't he, we'll he see. did get hurt on, I think, the last one. Because he fell off the plane, right, or some, some shit? Something, or car accident. I don't know. He got pretty badly Listen, hurt, and he got right back up. I mean, I'm... I'm he needs to cross over with the Mission with the, uh, the Mission Impossible needs to cross over with Fast and Furious, yeah. and I think that could be great. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone would be like, whoa. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what's next, dude? Um, so I think those were, like... So the only last thing I... I I have no stake in the Cloverfield universe. I haven't seen a single thing, but I remember it, it being a big deal that everyone was like, oh, my God, there's a new movie out right now on Netflix. And then it was like, oh, it's not good. Um, so I don't know. Do you ha- do you care about this at all? Yeah, we didn't talk about Solo or, or Venom or Deadpool 2. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know, because like those are those are real trailers. Like those are big. We have more to talk about on those, but like actual like spots from the Super Bowl. I was saying. Uh, okay. Clo- okay. Yeah. All right. Fu- all right. I'm sorry. Uh, Cloverfield. I love, I saw the first Cloverfield in the theater. I like scary movies. I enjoyed that first film. I saw 10 Cloverfield place at, in the movies as well. I also really like that movie. I am bummed that people have given it, you know, the new Netflix joint, you know, bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still feel like I would like to watch it and I'll make my own decision for myself. Uh, I do not like, you know, Cloverfield is, is Cloverfield isn't, you know, if you really dig into the first Cloverfield, you could spend hours going online and researching the, the initial and first viral marketing campaign mm-hmm. that anyone ever tried to launch. And that in and of itself is like kind of worth going and looking at what people were researching. Okay. So, like, if you go back and you spend, you know, you could probably do it in about two hours on YouTube, or you could probably do it in about, you know, maybe in, in about six hours of just like online searching mm-hmm. uh, and reading of about, you know, what they did to make the Cloverfield backstory and viral marketing scheme for this movie like actually work. Yeah. So, like, part of it involves like somebody who is working on a new kind of oil drill, you know, in these new locations that they were looking for this new chemical. Um, and that ultimately, you know, it was a new chemical that they were putting in like a foamy drink that makes you, you know, in Japan, uh, you know, you can really dive deep and it's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, so that is okay. The last movie doesn't have that. It just has kick-ass acting. And if you like John Goodman, you're going to, and everyone likes your fucking John Goodman. He's going to scare the shit out of you for about an hour and a half. <laughs> and it's great. And it's really cool to watch. Yeah. I don't know what this movie is about. I'm, if it's ambitious, I'm down. If it's some bullshit I've seen before, you know, it's, it's, yeah. okay, uh, you know, it's, it's okay that they, they goof one up. It's the Netflix entry, whatever. Right. Who cares? Yeah. And I guess that's, um, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like I missed the conversation, the zeitgeist, when the first movie was happening. And so, like... That's the thing about these movies that is so different. It's like they're marketing 
the the viral marketing and then the lead up into 10 Cloverfield Lane like no one knew that it was connected to the Cloverfield universe until like it came out which is like pretty crazy and then this one just drops out of nowhere so like that and then uh, like that's worth discussing it's just I feel like I missed the boat and it's kind of a little bit late to catch up and like like you said it's like a two-hour deep, deep dive on the internet of the viral marketing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not sure if I really want to do that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'll watch you know, a documentary about it one day, like or something. Yeah, like, if they want to tell sure. me the story, um, sure. One one day that will exist, but yeah. until that time, like, I I fully feel you, man. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So, how about let's let's dive into Deadpool. I, I think um, I think that was the first one. Uh, maybe, oh man, I don't, I don't know, but. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a really clever trailer. I think, again, like that movie, the original did such a great job. Like this was pre-podcast, so we didn't really get to talk about it. But like it was exactly the movie that fans wanted. Um, And like they're continuing to run with it. And like it's so meta. Uh, You know, I love the, (laughs) the action figures in it i think it's great um cable looks pretty awesome um but what what do you think are you excited about this yeah i mean i love deadpool so whatever man like i don't care it uh he could literally just it could just be like deadpool jerking off i'll watch that trailer <laughs> and i'll go to the movie um yeah i liked it um, I think Josh Brolin looks cool. I like the joke about the mustache. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, it was interesting that he dressed, you know, uh, Deadpool up as Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> so, like, that's interesting. So, like, how much, you know, the cool thing about Deadpool is, like, you can't, you can see his mouth moving, but, like, you could probably edit that and play with that around a little bit because they play with the eyes. Yeah. And if they wanted to do, you know, ADR, you know, almost up to probably the week before the release, like they could get some really timely jokes in this movie. That's true. Like, especially with all the, the Disney Fox stuff, because like this is one franchise that like truly can be unaffected by the merger like they can continue making these movies and it's just be like, yeah, it's in the Marvel universe now. It's no problem because like it's just meta like that and, and it would be funny and everyone would accept it and it would totally work. Um, Cause like there's already pieces of explanation that are kind of like fuzzy on it that it's just like, who cares? Like just let, let it be Deadpool. And it, I mean, it, it kind of lives in its own little bubble of the universe as it is. And so they're playing with characters that have previously existed on screen. And so, yeah, take more jokes like Disney toy story jokes like that and poke fun at the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I I think it'll be another hit for, you know, obviously it was a big money maker, the first one. And, uh, especially for a rated R film. And so like that came out in what February or March or something like that. So this is like a June release. It's going to, I think it's a couple weeks after Solo. Um, so you know, you know what I think could happen. What happened? What happened? You 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 know what I think could happen? Tell me, tell me. I think that okay. So there's a really cool thing that that's happening this year, which is that for the first time millennials are now the number one largest buying source in the U.S. economy. So we're the a larger market than the baby boomers because enough of them have kind of unfortunately left us already so uh now we gotta get to choose but now that this movie is coming out in may which is different than a february release of a rated r movie i think that there could be parental backlash to this movie Hmm. that pete that kids are gonna see this movie that maybe shouldn't see this movie and uh i think that that's gonna be a problem and i think that they're gonna face some uh heat for it so i hope that they are ready for the yeah you know the conversations on fox news about the appropriateness of deadpool i mean and i think there was probably a little bit of that with the first movie but because it's become so popular um i'm sure there have been kids that have seen it on home video and that's the term i'm using home video (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, let's go down to Blockbuster and make some home videos. <laughs> Yo, Frank, do you have a library card? Do you know you could go get movies down if the Comac library just using your, your library card? Oh, my anyway, God. These kids, they've watched it on YouTube or whatever, and they streamed it for free and stole it off the Internet. But they they love it, and they're going to want to go see it. And, like, the parents probably haven't seen the original and are going to be, like, totally shocked at the... I mean, the trailer alone. Like, the trailer alone. I mean, it's a Red Band trailer, but, like, has, like, a lot of sexual jokes, a lot of violence, a lot of inappropriate behavior. Like, this is not something kids should be seeing. And like, Josh Brolin says fuck. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> he says don't bite on it as he's, like, humping his face with the dolls. Like... Like, it's a lot, but I don't know. I you're right. There may be backlash, but like, I'm sure they're ready. Like, it's it's just like that. This is what we're doing. Like, it's real R. Like, it's your problem. Like, don't take your kid to the movie. Like, <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think it's gonna be good. I think uh, it's competition though. Uh, Solo is uh, right around the corner. Like, totally different movie, obviously. Uh, kind of connected franchise in in the sense that Disney kind of owns both in a way. Um, so I'm I'm sure like moving forward, once the deal goes through, assuming it goes through, they're probably going to rethink how they. But think, but again, like this is an R audience, and then Solo is going to be like a all kids fa- family friendly kind of thing. So, um, so they had a like little teaser drop i guess at the super bowl and then the official trailer the next day is that what happened mm-hmm. um but i remember like watching the teaser and texting you and it's like okay i'm not as nervous as i thought i would be about this movie i watched the trailer and i'm like i don't know still <laughs> like <laughs> I, i'm still a little bit reserved like i think it's it's cool like it's there's a lot of things in this movie that are in the trailer that are different for the star Wars universe that we've never seen before, which is good, but there are enough things that are the same and that like, we're supposed to believe that this is a young Harrison Ford and I'm not buying it. Um, I, I don't, I don't really like him so far. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Did you see hail Caesar? No. He's the best part of that movie, but other than that, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I uh, okay, I love Woody Harrelson. Yes. Uh, I love Amelia Clark. I love uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Yep. Um, I, I love Chewbacca. As we do. If I love, if if I love all those things. And, like, this new Han Solo doesn't fit, and it's, like, supposed to be, like, some young Han Solo. Like, maybe we can just move on from that. And, like, Disney will have learned their lesson not to fuck with things that we love and to go in a different direction. And we will talk about the results of that in a little bit. But, like, I also understand that, like, this movie could also be fun. And I think that... Something that Rogue One was not was very fun. And <laughs> I think that, you know, uh, this could be like a good, this could be a good time. And I think that Last Jedi was, a, I think Last Jedi was a good time, but Last Jedi was, uh, it was, it was dark. Last, it, it was a dark too, movie. Too much. It, it was dark. It had, a, it had a lot going on. I think Long. this looks like it could be kind of light. It could be kind of light on its feet. You know, and it can kind of go from there. I read an article today that, you know, George Lucas always wanted to do a Han Solo movie. Mm -hmm. And was considering doing want to do it, probably. Well, no, but like was considering doing it after the prequels were done. Hmm. Um, So that's weird. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, uh, I I I think it could be pretty fun. Like, I think think it would have worked better on TV. I think it would have worked better as a as a TV show. Ooh. To have a young kid play Han Solo as a Star Wars live action TV show, and like that could work because you could make it like Gotham or whatever. You know, yeah. you set it so far back that you know you're dealing with something different. 
Or you do what they did in Young Indiana Jones, where they set it so far back where he's in school, and you get an actor who's believably a teenager. Yeah. You know, playing this part. I think like, that's my issue. It, it's just like he's so close in age and like his look to when Harrison Ford played it in 1977 that it's just like it doesn't feel right. And like I'm not feeling that same like smarmy swagger yet. And you may make him uh, come out in the movie, but it just I don't know. It just feels a little and like and maybe that's like part of the thing that they're trying to tell, like how he becomes that way a little bit more. Well, maybe. Like, well, maybe what we all love about Han Solo is like Han Solo is a little bit older. He's seen some shit and he's yeah. he is kind of like that swaggering, like older character to Luke being like, the fuck do you know what you're doing around here? Like, sure. come on, like we have to do some shit. And maybe if we all love that about Han Solo, maybe taking that away from Han Solo doesn't work. Right. And then if they learn that that in and of itself, that when you try to reduce the character to its origin solely alone for the financial gain, it doesn't make the fans happy. Right. They learned that lesson with the prequels. I don't really know why they thought this was a good idea. And we saw that this project was mired with problems throughout the entire time it's been in development. And it's still yeah. in development now because it's, it's not even fucking out yet. Yeah. They have a trailer, but it's not out yet. Yeah, I mean, and I think the other thing that a lot of fans are probably, like myself, are wondering, it's like, okay, well, if this is a pre-Star Wars, A New Hope, Han Solo, like, this, it still takes place in between Episode 3 and Rogue One. So, like, where in the timeline is it, and, like, what, like, really is the Empire like? And, like, I, I, I think we were talking about it, but, like, I don't really want to see much of the Empire. I don't want to see you know, Darth Vader for sure or anything like that. I want like the seedy like side parts of the galaxy and things that like, well, I feel like one, would, would one thing I also think it looks pretty apparent from, uh, the marketing we've seen so far is that the Imperials are totally in it. And that two, similarly to how they got the plot for rogue one, they took pieces of dialogue out of what we what we hear Han Solo say in A New Hope, and kind of use that as their template to create this whole thing. Yeah. There is a lot of talk that uh, this movie could have inspired elements from the EU Star Wars Extended Universe book series collective, mm-hmm. uh, and that they may be using some influences from that literature to guide this story. Yeah. Um, now, if we were to believe that certain things that could come up would be like the Kessel run, you know, mm-hmm. other things could be like outrunning, you know, some certain Imperial ships. There's, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's what they did. I think they literally took old lines and they, you know, they were going to see how those kind of got and came to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's fine. Like there's, there are elements that I think it can be um, it, like in the trailer. It looks fun. I think it looks like um, I, I'm excited to see new places and excited to see new characters I, or other characters that we like Lando. Like I want to see how he kind of develops because like Donald Glover looks like he's going to have a really great time in it. But I there's one thing I feel like that I could say. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but no, no, no. I feel I, like I, feel I know like the, we're on the same point. And go ahead. I feel like I know, I feel like I know the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know exactly where this movie is going. Yeah. And and I'm and I think at this point I'm okay with that. I probably won't watch any more trailers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to end with him winning it, the, winning the Falcon. I I don't know how I feel about like such a clean brand spanking new Falcon. Like it feels a little weird like no but it looks so different and it's gonna get so beat to shit in this movie yeah that they're gonna need to play around with it and change it up i don't think we're gonna get at the end of this movie the original falcon i also to a a larger point did you hear what kevin smith said on his podcast fat men on batman with mark bernardin no i did recently he said you know when asked he's like you know so we lost Luke, you know, in this last movie, we lost Han Solo in seven, you know, assuming like we were going to lose Leia in eight in line for good. Um, you know, do you, th- you know, what could you think we lose in episode nine? 
that would really affect us. And he said probably the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of agree with him. I think that's exactly the direction they're going to go because they're going to make this Falcon a new series. They're going to make the new Han Solo, mm-hmm. you know, potentially have a sequel or maybe even two. So we'll see. All right. So, um, uh, okay. Now a bad movie trailer that needs to be discussed oh and God. dissed and questioned and, 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 expo- and exposed upon. Uh, okay. So Sony put out their trailer for Venom with yes. Tom Hardy. And we all love Tom Hardy. <laughs> now, I don't know if you ever got a CAT scan in your life, but you're going to see exactly how exciting it is to get one <laughs> in this trailer. Tom Hardy will show you the table going inside the CT's machine, and uh, you know they'll take a picture of him as he seems to get very agitated uh, <laughs> inside the machine. Now, what they're not going to show you in this trailer is is Venom. Um, I'm sorry to tell you. Um, now, I uh, I don't hate that as a general principle, yeah. but I hate the execution of this. Yeah. I hate the idea of this. I hate that Sony decided they needed to put out a trailer with what they had. The rendering wasn't done for Venom yet. Clearly. And they just were like, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, that's kind of bullshit. I am glad, though, and we can say this because I thought that this would have happened, that as much as, you know, uh, it's been talked about and discussed, I'm glad they didn't put Tom Holland or Spider-Man in this trailer. Because they put Spider-Man in the trailer for Civil War, mm-hmm. and I think that they shouldn't have done that in hindsight. And now, you know, here we are, uh, and you know, there's talk is he or isn't he? And to not have him in this trailer is fine. So I think he's going to be in the next trailer, absolutely. Well, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Which is why I'm not going to watch. It. Well, hold on. I, I, I'm still not sure that these are connected. I don't think. And, and that's partially why I feel like I don't need this movie, because if they're not going to make it in the Marvel Universe where there's a Spider-Man character, what's the point? And that's the thing that they've said all along. Now, if they're going to go and surprise us and all of a sudden it, it's connected and Tom Holland's in it, great. And then I'd rather be surprised when seeing it in the theaters, like you just said. But I don't think that's happening. And like... It just doesn't, to me, it's just like a standalone Venom movie where there's no Spider-Man and no Venom in the trailer. Like, what are we getting? Is it, like, it just feels like it's going to be an attempt at a movie and they're going to be like, okay, we tried it and it's going to fail and that's it. Because, like, nothing they showed me so far is interesting. Um, I like Tom Hardy, but, like, I I feel a little bit bad for him because I don't know if there's going to be much for him to do. And, um, yeah, very, very bad trailer. Like, there was really, like, I don't know what the voiceover was really, like, who the the, the, the character is supposed to be that's voicing over the trailer, but it just didn't really feel like it was, I don't know, it didn't feel like Venom. It didn't feel like Marvel. It didn't feel like, even, even the Sony um, Amazing Spider-Man movie, like, those had, like, a little bit of a Marvel, like, not necessarily superhero, but like the comic bookiness. This just didn't feel, and like I would know that they probably want to go more into the horror side of it, but like they didn't even really do that. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I I guess it, there's a long time still. I think it's an October movie, so there's like you said, they're probably still working on the post production. Um, but it just, I don't know. I don't really want it. I kind of want it to just go away, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be connected. I think Amy Pascal knows that you have to connect these movies and that if they want, if they want this movie to be successful, if they at least acknowledge that, uh, you know, that Spider-Man is in this movie and is a part of the larger universe, even if that's the only connection, then that's fine. Sure. And oh, like we don't need all the we don't need references to the invasion or Captain America or Iron Man or anything like that. Just like say Spider-Man and it's the same Spider-Man and he's clearly been affected by the things that have going on in his life. And we know that as the audience. 
and let him be uh, troubled by this Venom character. And maybe down the line, there's, you know, a Spider-Man film where Venom shows up and it's Tom Hardy. I'm fine with that. But just like, if that's what they're going to do, then they, they should communicate that to us. Because right now I don't want to go see it. Yeah, they'll they'll figure that out. Um, anything else, man? Um, the only other things are like, I, I guess there was a big Westworld trailer. Um, I know you haven't caught up on Westworld yet, but um, that was exciting. I'm I'm a big Westworld fan. I like the first season, um, so I'm eager to see that. I know that I think that show will be back in April or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's great. And then. It was really, really quiet. I don't know why there wasn't more buzz around it, but there was a Jessica Jones trailer as well. Um, not not connected to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but um, it was just, like, released, and there wasn't much buzz, and I'm kind of surprised. Like, it, it makes me a little bit nervous. Like, um, like, I watched the trailer. I know you're kind of – you haven't caught up on all the Marvel Netflix shows, but I uh, – it makes me nervous that they're lo- losing a little bit of steam. Um, I know that, like Punisher was a big hit. I haven't watched any of it yet still, but like apparently people really loved it. But like, it makes me wonder if like post defenders, if, if people are going to kind of start and rethink whether they want to continue to dive in. And like, like you've said on the podcast before, like to watch Jessica Jones, you need to watch like so many other shows and episodes. And it's just like a lot to handle. Um, but that being said, as someone that's seen the show and has caught up otherwise on the character, like it does look pretty good. So, um, so that's kind of it. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the other, okay. So last thing I want to wrap up on is, uh, Benioff and Weiss are signed with, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, to do a new series of star Wars films for, uh, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is awesome. And it looks like they are going to be going right from, uh, you know, these other, uh, from, right from Game of Thrones to Star Wars. So that's crazy in and of itself. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I'm sure other people are saying it, but just like my hot take is that I think Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy at large, kind of like how early Marvel was trying to figure out directors that were going to be in its uh, stable. Um, you know, you have to go with people, you know, you may not think of as A-list or the people you want to get to, mm-hmm. but you kind of figure out what you need. And, like, for a little while, Marvel was like, you know what, if we give it to a few guys who we can kind of keep happy and keep them, you know, in a good, you know, way, they'll want to keep coming back and they'll keep doing that. And ultimately, that didn't work out. And what ultimately they decided to do was to bring in two guys from TV who are good at keeping, you know, continuity over a long period of movies and or a long period of, uh, you know, episodic television and move it and be moving the story forward and be interesting. So you bring in the Russo brothers who do community and a few other shows and, you know, here they are, you know, pretty much ruling presiding over the future of the Marvel universe with Kevin Feige. I think Kathleen Kennedy saw how that kind of worked out. That, you know, if you have the Russo brothers and you say, hey, try this on, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier, where do you build off from there? And they say, well, we can do this, we can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and then at, the, at that same time, you also have kind of the falling out with Joss Whedon, where he's kind of done after Avengers 2. Uh, you know, I, I think that kind of created for a perfect storm. So I think she's like, listen, how do you know do Benioff and Weiss like Star Wars? If they do, you know, <laughs> what is what are their ideas? Listen, we've got a proposition for you. Do you like the Star Wars? <laughs> Would you how like you, to how, make some? How do you feel how do you feel about a little film called uh, Star Wars? You you like this movie over there? Like I, I think literally she was like, What do you think about Star Wars? If you guys had the opportunity, what would you guys do? Mm-hmm. And they have some like kind of ideas. And uh, she's like, okay, I, you know, I want to, we're going to do a new series of films with Ryan. You know, we're going to wrap up the series of films we're doing right now, you know, the new saga. And then we're going to do like these other films, you know, whatever you guys want to do, like, 
as long as you can do a few of them, let's do it. Yeah, I I agree. I'm excited about this proposition. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I think they've done a really great job handling the source material, which is a huge, huge bear, and obviously dealing with uh, George R. R. Martin's content post the books that haven't been released yet. Um, so like they're, they had to create a little bit of their own and, you know, steer that ship. Um, and so for star Wars, I think as, as long as they're expanding the universe and taking us into different places that we haven't seen before, like, obviously they've already said it's not connected to the episodes, but like go like a thousand years in the past, a thousand years in the future to some other corner of the galaxy, something that just like is is nowhere connected maybe have like a small little dot that can lead you there and just do your own thing like i'm down i and i i think it's also really telling that they are are writing and producing these Mm -hmm. movies and they're not directing um because i think again that's another sign that like lucasfilm wants to have like one clear vision moving forward with yep. with with the movies they want to create, but they are also leaving the door open to have other more diverse directors come in and take, take so you, the range. So you bring in like Alan Taylor, like Alan Taylor, Alan Taylor, who's done work for that for Game of Thrones. You bring in other people who have directed for that show. You know, whatever whoever they wanted to. Yeah, but you then have, you have a you, woman director, you have, you have a, a a black director, you have yeah, you know, like people whatever of color, you want. that kind of thing. Where because that's like the other story that's coming out of this. They're like. Well, we just had uh, a white director with Gareth Edwards and Ryan Johnson and uh, Ron Howard, and like, and they're not wrong. Like, the, these are all valid points. Like, I understand that completely. And like, these are two other white guys that are going to be in charge of Star Wars. But because they said it's writing, that to me is a like, okay, this leave this is leaves the ball in their court to like actually do something. In, in progressive in the industry because I, I would hope after this year that the film industry has gone through that they, they're kind of listening and that, you know, Kathleen Kenny is a smart person. I think she really needs to think about who they select for this next director role um, because obviously they just brought JJ back for nine. So like it, it's, I think they're, 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 <laughs> they're taking their time. Um, and I, I don't think we're going to hear about this, this, this series for a little while. I think like this announcement came out. It's yeah, going to go it's away. Gonna be, yeah. It's going to be quiet. We're going to hear more about Ryan Johnson's stuff. We're going to hear more about nine. And once game of Thrones wraps, then it's going to be like, okay, here's the concept. Here's what's happening. Here's a director like that kind of stuff. And you know, we may be three, three years out from that. Like I know I'm okay yeah. with that. Like take your time. Don't rush it because like, while I'm game to have three Star Wars movies a year, I, I want them to be good. And I don't want them to be, uh, you know, on original ideas or things that, like, that just feel all the same. Um, I want something different. And, you know, that's that's part of what made the original Star Wars trilogy so great that, like, I want that moving forward, too. So. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yep. Um. All right, so like this has been fun. We have Black Panther in a couple of days. We're gonna uh, see that. And we'll see that, and we'll talk about it. Talk and about tell it. You what we thought about it. Yep. Um, so I mean, I don't know if you have anything leading in that you really want to say, but like all the trailers have looked great. Um, I, I think it it clearly uh. looks like a different kind of Marvel movie that we've ever seen before. I keep forgetting that it's a Marvel movie, which is telling, which is great. Um, but I'm I'm excited. I don't, I don't have know. tickets I'm yet. I'm trying not to I'm trying not to get too high of expectations. We're gonna get tickets as soon as we hang up this phone call. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I don't know. I my I, my expectations are pretty high. I think it could be really good. I also think it could be another Marvel movie, and it could also be good in that respect too. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I think people are you know they're setting their expectations really high, and you know my expectations. You know, I'm you know we'll, we'll see. I think. Listen, I think he's great. I love the music so far. Sounds yep. awesome. Yep. I think the look looks pretty cool. It kind of looks like Marvel Batman in some ways. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, I, I'm excited to see what they do, but, you know, try not to get my hopes, you know, too high because everyone's saying it's the greatest movie ever. But, yeah, 
Uh, we'll talk about that and the rest of the, the awesome year uh, to come as we move forward. Uh, as always, I'm Aid. As I'm AJ. <laughs> I, I'm Frank. I'm Frank. <laughs> he's Frank. He's been Frank. He's he's still good. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can find us at our website at longlostheroes.net. You can email us at uh, info at longlostheroes.net. Uh, you can also find us online at uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LLH Podcast. Uh, and yeah, you can just, you know, uh, you can find us on Apple iTunes. You can share us with a friend. You could, you know, leave us a rating or review. That would be fucking dope, actually. Uh, and we will talk to you guys uh, in a few days. Yeah, it's been great. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. And go buy tickets Black Panther. See you later. <laughs>